Good morning. You're tuned to AM 1240, 94.1 KCVL, 92.1 KCRK. It's 10 minutes past 7 o'clock and currently 61 degrees outside in the Colville Valley. Gorgeous. We have a lot going on today. Firstly, I want to talk about the Doctors Concert, the 2022 Doctors Concert happening today at 6 o'clock at Yep Cannon Park. Join them to listen to music from Good Folk Music and original songs by Dr. Leslie Waters, Dr. Pat Shannon, Dr. Ramon Canto, Dr. Barry Bacon, and Shelley Bacon. Help them build Patrick's Place. If you have information, have in, want any more information, you can give them a call at 509-690-8111. There will be a uh, regularly scheduled school board meeting for the Colville School District this afternoon. It's scheduled for 6 o'clock. It will be at the uh, district office at 217 South Hofstetter. You may listen into the meeting by dialing in 253. Well, you can uh, give them a call at 509-684-7850 for the login information if you want to log in remotely to that. The Colville Planning Commission will be in a special meeting this today. At 4.30, the discussion will be about the proposed new zone for multi-use in Colville that would mix commercial with multifamily and residential. Drop on by for that if you want to make your voice heard. And we'll move on to Debbie Harbin from the Northeast Washington Fair. She has an update on various topics, including alumni and the horse barn. I am the vice president of the Northeast Washington Fair Board and the superintendent for the horse department. We are to have showmanship for our alumni in all our large animal barns. It is still in progress at the moment, but if we have any alumni out there who are interested in doing a showmanship for the large animals at the fair, please contact our fair manager or one of our superintendents in the barns. We would love to have you. Several people will be showing an animal, either a horse, a cow, pig, so on and so forth. We usually give a trophy for the first place showman. Each barn is responsible for setting the time that they're going to do their alumni classes. I think that we have different times set up. One barn might be at 3.30 in the afternoon. One might be at 9.30 in the morning. Again, it's in progress. We've switched up our schedule a little bit. Our schedule is going to be showing Thursday morning at 9 a.m. We begin with our showmanship halter and some Western classes. We'll have lunch, and then we're going to do our Western Games events. Friday, we will start our show again at 9 a.m. with our English classes, take a break, and then go into our Western performance classes. Then we are going to do our afternoon horse judging, where I think we might put in our alumni showmanship. Then Saturday, we will be having our regular parade, and then following the parade in the main arena is going to be the cops drill team. They will be performing for us. And once they are finished performing, then we are going to have horse games and a costume contest in the main arena. We have peewees that are riding in different divisions on Thursday and Friday. So people can come and watch the show and they can see the younger kids between ages probably three and seven that will also be doing lead line or walk trot classes. The horse barn is right as you come into the RV park area on the south end. 
the barns are right there on the southeast corner. And then, of course, we use the main arena in the center of the fairgrounds for all of our competition. A couple of years ago, there was H1N1, and the horses were restricted from participating at the fair. And so in order to allow the kids to continue to participate, there was some stick horse events and some other roping type things that they could do on foot without their horses so they could still participate in the fair and get premiums for their posters and participate. The one thing I can report on is that we have the poultry disease that has been prevalent in Washington state. And this year, because of the disease and not wanting to infect the flocks in the Northeast Washington, it has been decided at Colville that poultry will not be attending the fair, but we will still be allowing the kids to participate. They will be putting their posters into the fair. They will be able to have a showmanship class with stuffed chickens and be able to decorate their cages and have these stuffed chickens in their cages and still participate in the fair as we did when we had the horse situation. I hope to see everyone come down and see what we have available at the fair. And we have exhibitors that would love to have people come down and see their exhibits. Youth organizations that are participating this year will be 4-H, FFA, Grange, and then we have open youth and of course our open adults. So we are encouraging everyone to come down and see what our kids are up to. We will have more fair information for you all week, including live coverage of the parade on Saturday at 10. Experience, technology, satisfaction, a written warranty, and over 30 years' experience. That's what makes Davis Auto Rebuild stand out from the rest. At Davis Auto Rebuild, customers are our number one priority, and we realize how difficult it is to be without your vehicle. So we make it easier for you with loaner and rental cars, and also help with your insurance claims. Call Davis Auto Rebuild at 684-3137 or stop in at 1175 South Main in Colville and see the Davis Auto Rebuild difference. So kids are really what most of the fair is about, but what goes together with kids better than dogs? Here's everything you need to know about the dog program. My name's Dina Balcom. I'm the superintendent for the dog barn at the fair, and I've been involved with the dog program for about 10 years, a superintendent of the Colville Fair for four years. We're very specific. I mean, we follow the book very closely. Thursday, we do agility. Agility is the activities, the obstacle courses, well, all different levels of experiences. You know, this is where they do the jumps and the tunnels, and they're competing to see who can do it the best, the fastest. We have everybody from introductory first-year dogs and first-year kiddos all the way up to experienced, advanced level, older teenagers. And we do have some adults that will come in and compete as open. So around the state, each county is compiled of dog programs. They will, within their county, they'll compete and they're competing to be the best of the best. Each county is allotted so many kiddos that go to the Washington Fair, which is over in Puyallup. So the best of the best of each county goes over there and they'll compete to be recognized as the state best. They have to qualify with a blue or better at county level in order to compete at the state level. At the state level, they'll have a certain amount of merits that they give to the high scores and they get to return 
for the championship the following weekend. Ultimately, it's kind of a step if you qualify at county through the events of agility, showmanship, and obedience in your level, then you get to compete at a state level to represent your county. And then if you are the best of that day, then you get to compete for the overall of every day of the state fair. So Thursday, we do agility. We start at about 11 o'clock. And then after that, in the afternoon, we do what's called judging. And the kiddos have a series of activities that they do. They'll have a written uh, portion where they'll have to identify dog breeds. So they'll have a pictures of dogs and they have to basically do a, a multiple choice. They have to identify the different dog breeds. Then there's a section where they have to be the judge, you know, and that's interesting. And then the third part of that is they'll be given stations where there'll be example six callers. And then they'll have a question and that question will say, what caller is best for a chihuahua? And they have to put them in order of what would be that best for that dog. So there's usually six of those stations that they'll go through. And then the final part is they have to identify the teeth, the different kind of ears. The kids don't get to memorize from year to year. It's the same concept, but different objects. It really challenges their knowledge of learning rather than memorizing. There's a score sheet and it's all based on how close did you get to the correct one, two, three, and four. They can compete at state with that as well. So the kids and dogs have to stay until closing of the fair. So once all that's done, there is some downtime and the kids will often bring out jumps and tunnels and they'll just do little relay races, just activities to keep the dogs and the kids entertained. We do encourage people to stop by and watch. There's no competition. It's just mostly just some demonstrations, some eye-catching activities. So that's Thursday. And Friday is when we do the showmanship. So I like to call that the pretty presentation. It's when the kids are dressed in their dresses and their suits or their church attire. And then they're presenting their dogs in a fashion that the dogs are clean and they're following directions. They're poised and the kids are competing who can present themselves and the dog the best. Following that is the obedience. How well does your dog listen? Can they follow directions? And we have a range of first-year kiddos all the way up to the advanced, and that is based on the skill versus the age. So you could have a seven-year-old competing in a, an advanced obedience class. Not common, but you can. Or you can have a senior age that has first year in training, and they'll be down in the introductory. So we really cover all different levels. Well, they're in the parade on Saturday. Dogs participate in the small round robin. So our awards on Sunday usually is when we do the herdsmanship, which is a big part of the barn. And then we have the best of teams, which is the accumulative of all the activities. Kind of wrap up the awards for, it's a lot of fun. We really enjoy everything about it. My husband's been doing the cat part of it way longer than I have. I had to be mentored a little longer by Jody Hoffman to be able to fill her shoes. Took a little longer for me to feel comfortable to do it by myself. She's still very much involved with everything. We have a question, we go with her. Dina is the dog 4-H leader and we will hear more from her husband Jody tomorrow about the cats. You know what I really like best about Sandra's furniture? Saunders lets you buy off the floor. If you see what you like, you could take it home tonight. In fact, Saunders Outlet is stocked with Ashley Furniture, and I love watching customers come in, point to what they want, 
we wrap it up and load it out. It's so simple. Delivery is available. Check out Sandra's Furniture and Sandra's Outlet for your instant gratification. Here's some information for grouse hunters out there. It's the wildlife question of the week. Hi, I'm Stacy Lehman with the Washington Department of Fish and Wildlife. We get a lot of questions at WDFW, and one recently is, traditionally the annual forest grouse season started each year on September 1st. Last year, the opening was pushed back to September 15th. With September coming soon, which date does the season start this year and why? In 2021, WDFW changed the annual forest grouse season to September 15th, and it goes through January 15th. The 2022 season will follow those dates as well. This delays the start of the season by two weeks, but it adds two weeks at the end of the season, so your net hunting time is the same. This change was made in response to declines in forest grouse populations. In September, brood hens are particularly vulnerable to hunters because they are caring for chicks. Delaying the start of the season by a couple weeks and letting the chicks get a little older before hunting starts is hoped to improve populations by increasing the chances of survival for these brood hens. This change came about through WDFW's hunting season setting process, which happens every three years. Public input was collected on the proposal to change the season, and the Fish and Wildlife Commission voted to approve it in April of 2021. For more information on hunting forest grouse, go to wdfw.wa.gov and type hunting forest grouse into the search box in the upper right-hand corner. If you have questions for the Washington Department of Fish and Wildlife, send it to publicaffairs at dfw.wa.gov, or you can call 509-563-5495. We'll pick one question a week and answer it on the air. In the meantime, you can find a lot of answers to fish, wildlife, and habitat questions at wdfw.wa.gov. Tune in to the news Wednesdays at 7, 8, noon, and 5 for the Washington Department of Fish and Wildlife Wildlife Question of the Week. Email questions you have on fish, wildlife, habitat, hunting, and more to publicaffairs at dfw.wa.gov or call 509-563-5495 and we will answer one question every Wednesday. We'll have some news from around the region, sports and weather coming up. If you're a private landowner in the Colville Valley, Vaughan Brothers Lumber, a longtime local business and employer in the area, is ready to offer competitive prices and fair market value to purchase your standing timber, logs, or timbered acreage. The experienced forestry staff at Vaughan Brothers offers free consultations and assessments of your forested land and can also assist in the Department of Natural Resource permitting process when you are ready to harvest your timber. Call the forestry staff today at 509-684-5071 or look for additional information on the web at www.vaughanbrothers.com. The Lincoln County Sheriff's Office has found a man who escaped the jail in eastern Washington. The Sheriff's Office said 37-year-old Cody Magruder escaped Monday night. The Sheriff's Office has had said people should not approach him and call 911 immediately. Sheriff's deputies captured Magruder Tuesday morning south of Davenport city limits after witnesses saw him and called the police. Officials said K-9 had been searching for him in that area, which is about 35 miles west of Spokane. Magruder was booked into Lincoln County Jail on multiple charges, including allegedly violating a no-contact order. Agencies, tribes, and groups across Washington state are working to limit the growth of European green crab populations. Scientists say the invasive species can consume shellfish and other native marine life and destroy critical habitat. Washington Department of Fish and Wildlife said more than 138,000 crabs have been trapped since the beginning of the year. State and federal officials say shellfish growers, tribes, and other entities are playing crucial roles in crab removal 
Alan Pluse, European Green Crab Incident Commander for Fish and Wildlife, says Washington is early enough in the invasion that it's possible to make a significant dent in populations. Robbie Ray took a no-hit try into the seventh inning. Mitch Hanniger and Eugenio Suarez both hit two-run homers, and the Seattle Mariners defeated the Washington Nationals 4-2. Ray, last year's AL Cy Young winner for Tor with Toronto, had issued just a pair of walks through six before surrendering a leadoff home run by rookie Joey Meneses in the seventh. Eric Fed made his first pit start since July 24th after recovering from shoulder inflammation and coming off the injured list. The Nationals haven't had a starting pitcher credited with a win in 40 games, the longest drought in Major League history. We'll have that second game for you against the Washington Nationals on 92.1 KCRK. The pregame starts at noon. The first pitch is at 110. We hope you join us for that. On Friday, the Seattle Seahawks take on the Dallas Cowboys in Dallas on their final preseason game. The pregame will be on 94.1 AM 1240 KCVL. Kickoff is at 5 o'clock. So... Hope you join us for those games. Today's local weather forecast is brought to you by Colville Auto Repair, who for 42 years has provided complete automotive repair service for all makes, and they're also your local NAP Auto Care Center. Give them a call at 684-3581 to make an appointment today or visit them at 505 South Main. We are going to see a 40% chance of showers and thunderstorms, mainly in the, mid, the early afternoon hours. Some of the storms could produce heavy rain, including clouds, they're increasing clouds with highs reaching 89 degrees. Tonight, we'll see a 50% chance of showers and thunderstorms with potentially heavy rain, mostly cloudy with a low around 52. Tomorrow, a 20% chance of showers and thunderstorms in the mid-morning hours, mostly sunny, a high of 88. Friday, mostly sunny with a high of 90 degrees. Saturday, we'll see sunny skies with a high of 80. Sunday, we'll reach a high of 81. Monday, 88, and Tuesday, we'll see sunny skies with a high of 92. Don't forget, Colville Auto Repair also specializes in expert Dodge diesel repair and maintenance. Call 684-3581 to find out more. I want to thank you for joining me this morning. I'm Ben Carpenter. You've been listening to News on KCVL, KCRK.